Hey guys, it's Joey, and welcome to the first episode of Cup of Joe. Today, we'll be talking about BIPOC representation in literature, or more specifically, representation in the recent Netflix adaptation of Shadow and Bone. I'm so excited to announce that we'll be joined by a good friend of mine, Natalie Weger. so I'll give her a chance to introduce herself. My name's Natalie, my pronouns are she, her, I'm a junior, and I really enjoy reading and writing. Okay, so we're gonna start it off by taking a Grisha verse quiz about which Six of Crows character we are. Okay, um, so there's like a question that's asking me to choose a weapon. A fist, a yeah. fountain pen, I am a weapon, pistols at dawn, knives, daggers, anything, ooh, anything sharp, or there's nothing sharper than my wits. Um, I'm picking knives. No, I was gonna pick knives too. Okay. okay. Yeah. Let's just yeah. this one. Okay. And then someone has a secret, how do you get it out of them? Make a friendly wager, get in his head without knowing it, eavesdrop, flirt, threaten, let him keep it, everyone has a secret. I feel like you can really tell which character is which. Like, yeah, you can. definitely Nina. Okay. Like, yeah, flirting. <laughs> okay, I'd say eavesdrop. I feel like that's a nesh, but I'm going for it. Really? I'm, I'm too scared to do anything else. I'm gonna do B, get in his head without knowing it. Okay. Right. Do you wanna read the next ones? You're most likely to worry about disappointing your parents, losing your way, betraying your honor, giving into temptation, being under someone's thumb, or showing weakness. E, being under someone's, be whoa, being under someone's thumb. Mine's like probably disappointing your parents. Oh. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Next. (laughs) Okay. What do you prize most? Family, power, cash money, (laughs) truth, learning, or independence? Mm. I'm gonna say family. Uh, I'm gonna say independence. Okay. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) At your best, you are charming, funny, cunning, loyal, brave, or intuitive. Oh, at my best. Mm. I think I'm I'm like none of these. You, yeah, you. <laughs> what did you say? Um, I'm literally none of these. I'll say loyal. Actually, I think I'm loyal. Mm-hmm. Okay. How many questions are there? No. Your okay. favorite action hero is Han Solo, the Hulk, Katniss Everdeen, Bucky Barnes, Batman, or M. What? Imperator Furiosa. I don't know what that is. I'm sorry. Um, I'm gonna say Katniss. Yeah, I knew you were gonna say Katniss. I'm yeah, hmm. yeah, probably Katniss. Okay, if you could wake up tomorrow with an amazing talent, you would be able to pick any lock, shoot with perfect aim. You can literally tell who's who. Leap and tumble like a circuit. performer learn (laughs) any language and speak it like a native brawl like a ufc champ or play a musical instrument it literally goes kaz jesper inej nina matthias matthias wyland yeah i'm gonna say musical instrument oh really yeah i kind of want to leap and tumble that's kind of cool okay true true I feel like I'm gonna get wyland. Like I, I can tell that I'm picking all the wyland answers. Okay. In a high stress, in high stress situations, you thrive, freak out, shake it off, and refocus. Remain calm. Come up with a new plan. Eat. What? I think better on a full stomach. I think F. I eat better on a. Wait. I think better on a full stomach. I would say. Okay. I'm gonna say shake it off and refocus. Good for you. I'm giving very much calves. 
Okay. Okay. You are attracted to the good one, the mysterious one, the confident one, the funny one, the strong one, or the shy one? The mysterious one. Oh, I knew you were going to say that. Okay. I'm saying the funny one. Not even. Oh, okay. <laughs> okay. On your birthday, you'd like to receive A, I don't care as long as it comes from the heart, B, the perfect mixtape, C, a trip to Vegas, D, vengeance on my enemies, E, cake, also more cake. Hi, Nina. F, <laughs> birthdays are frivolous. Keep your trinkets. I say F. Okay. I say cake. Cake mm. is nice. <laughs> nice chocolate cake, you know? <laughs> Okay, your ideal vacation is someplace cold and snowy, Vienna or Prague, somewhere cosmopolitan. I don't take vacations, a road trip with my family, ziplining, skydiving, swimming with sharks, or lying on the beach doing absolutely nothing. Oh. I feel like for me, I feel like the ziplining, skydiving, swimming with sharks. Like, that sounds fun. Really? You think that's a vacation? Yes. Where you're supposed to relax? You yes. want to swim with sharks. That's crazy. <laughs> okay. Um, I would say someplace cold and snowy. I like the cold, okay. so. Okay. okay. In a group, you are the leader, always making plans. The rock, you can be relied on. The joker, ready to make everyone laugh. The outsider, you never quit. Whoa, you never quite fit in. The glue, you hold it all together. Or the mouth, you have an opinion on everything. I'm the mouth. I don't know what I am. I feel like I would be. I feel like you're kind of the glue. The glue. Oh, thank you. I'll take that. <laughs> <laughs> I was gonna say yeah, like the rock or the glue. Wasn't sure. Okay. On a Friday night, you are spending time alone. Yep. At <laughs> <laughs> a party or throwing a party, catching up on work, trying a new restaurant, at the gym or at a concert. I feel like it's either at a party or catching up on work. I mean, well, not at a party, sorry. Spending time alone or catching up on work. Yeah, I would say catching up on work. Because, like, quarantine, can't mm-hmm. really. Okay. Oh, my gosh. What'd you get? I got Inej. <gasps> I got Nina. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Okay, honestly, Joey, I could see you as Nina. Like, Thank you. Okay. I really thought, I really thought you were going to get Wyland. I was no, like... I, like, think I'm Wyland. Like, I feel like I am the good embodiment of Wyland. I don't know how <laughs> I got Inej. <laughs> yeah, Inej is cool, too. Um, yeah. Okay. So... <laughs> okay, so we just didn't get the same person. Not surprising. But um, let's just talk about the Netflix adaptation of Six of Crows and Shadow and Bone. Mm-hmm. That's a little crazy. Like, I feel like just right off the bat, I didn't have that many, like my expectations for it were really, really low. Cause it's like Netflix in general or like adaptations in general, when like you go from like the book to a movie, like Percy Jackson, clear example, like it's mm-hmm. terrible most of the time, or it's like, it doesn't live up to like the expectations of the readers. So it's like, when I was going into it, I was like, I'm just gonna watch it for leisure, but I didn't have that many expectations. Mm-hmm. I definitely agree. Like. Like you said, Percy Jackson, Jackson, Shadowhunters. There's so many like bad book to film adaptations. So I kind of went in with like lower expectations and also like Wylan wasn't going to be in it. Nikolai wasn't going to be in it. So I was like, it's not going to be that good. But then I watched it and I was like, this is like amazing. Like this is definitely one of the best book to film adaptations I've ever seen. It was so good. Mm-hmm. And also like just like the represent like the casting was so on point. I was like the people. It was just so good. Exactly how I imagined Inej. Like Amida, I'm pretty sure her name is. Like she embodied that so well. Um, I feel like 
Yeah, if there was like anything lacking, I feel like it's a little bit of like screen time for specific people, but like that's also like understandable because the story was more shadow and bone, I feel like, than Six of Crows. But like if they did a season two, I'm hoping and what I've heard is that it's like gonna be more Six of Crows. So I'm looking forward that's to that. Great. Yeah, I definitely agree. The casting was like amazing. I remember like when I watched the first episode, like seeing Kaz, Inej, and Jesper, I was like, like, why do they look exactly, exactly how I imagine yeah. them in my head? And like Mal and Alina, obviously, like they don't look exactly like how Leigh Bardugo wrote the characters, but like I was so happy to like see both of them there. And I was like, oh my gosh, like this is so cool. It's like the whole thing is coming to life. Mm -hmm. um, and yeah, I hope, I definitely hope that they give the Six of Crows characters more screen time because like I love Mal and Alina, but like I want my Six of Crows. Like I want, <laughs> I want to see more Kaz, Inej, and Jesper, you know? Exactly. But. I feel like Mal, I don't know, his character like was very interesting. Like I understand why people would choose like Dark Lena over Mal Lena, but like also Dark Lena was not giving what it should have gave. Like, no, no, it was like, it was like really cute and stuff, but it's like, it also felt kind of weird because like this guy is like 200 something years old and then he's like hitting on yeah. a. Oh my god. I never ever shipped the Darkling and Alina. Really? I, I was so uncomfortable in every scene. Like this just in the books and the show. I was like, no, it's Mal and Alina. Like it's Mal and Alina so much better. Wait, I didn't read like Shadow and Bone. What was it like like in the books for Darkling and Malina? Um, okay, well for me, the Darkling was like so sus right off the bat. Like I was like, okay, this guy has to be doing something wrong. Like he's uh -huh. no way. Um, and I just like Mal and Alina because I like those like slow burn, like friendship romance type things anyway. Mm -hmm. So I was like, okay, this is where I'm staying with the ship. <laughs> um, yeah, and then everyone else is like, oh my gosh, the Darkling is like so attractive or like Alina belongs with the Darkling. I'm like, this man is 200 years old. <laughs> like, <that's> Awkward. <laughs> I feel like it's really that like dark and light or like opposites attract type trope because like then I could see how like Dark Lena or whatever, um, the Darkling and Alina would work. But like then again, I didn't read the book so I don't really know what he was like, but I can see how it's kind of creepy. Like, yeah. I don't know. I saw somewhere, uh, actually, I'm not gonna, not gonna mention that. That's like, <laughs> never mind. Um, but yeah, I feel like, I'm not a fan of like childhood to lovers just because I feel like for growth like there should be kind of like growing romantically and emotionally and like with Alina like if she just stayed with Mal it just feels like they weren't really growing it's just like stuck in the past type thing but like again I didn't read it it's just something, like I watched from the show so <laughs> yeah yeah okay I yeah I definitely understand your perspective I feel like in the book the Darkling he was like very like serious from what i remember it's been like a year since i read the book but like i just remember him being really serious and like i definitely get what you're saying with like you know you need growth in a relationship so i understand why like some people wouldn't ship mal and alina but it was like i would definitely pick them over the dark yeah. you know what i mean <laughs> yeah. the relationship was just like more appropriate mm -hmm. yeah I also felt like the Darkling and Alina, like their relationship, I felt was kind of rushed in the show. Mm -hmm. Like, I understand that it's a show, so, you know, you only have limited screen time with certain characters being together. But I did feel like it's like they just got to know each other. And then, like, yeah. the next scene, she was already, like, committing to him and to his journey without not, like, she didn't really know that much about him. So I felt like that was not the smartest decision on her behalf. 
Mm, that kind of made me like I definitely agree with that because I was like um how did we get from point A to point like F like I'm really confused <laughs> like it was just so fast and like it, like I get it like obviously there's only like eight episodes in the season I'm pretty sure so like even if it's just like an hour each like it's not really enough time to encompass their whole story or like their arc but like mm-hmm. girl like was that really realistic like yeah I don't know she was just so devoted and it felt more like obsession or like a need for her to like be accepted rather than like actually falling in love with them but like I'm really excited to see how like Alina and Mal's relationship develops because like I feel like that's definitely going to be better like in the next couple seasons or like season yeah you can definitely tell like toward the end of the show that like Alina and Mal had a newfound appreciation for each other Mm -hmm. and a newfound like acceptance especially with talking about like how she was Grisha and how you know their past like tied into that and everything and I just think like I I don't know I was like so happy in that last scene when they were together you know like talking I was like okay like this is nice I'm so glad that they're like friends again and you know like they're actually on good terms because they're definitely a lot better than Alina and the Darklings. Yeah, and they're like bad terms or whatever, like when they were kind of angry with each other, like that was mainly just because of like the other Grisha intervening. So it wasn't really like a problem on their relationship. It was more just like external forces acting on them. But speaking of like, just like, I don't know, just kind of switching off into talking about like the writing and like the way that things are like portrayed through like Leigh Bardugo's universe, it's like, I didn't realize like how many elements of like discrimination and like stuff like that she really touched upon. And like, there's so many things that I could say about her writing and like all of them are gonna be positive. Like she is literally so amazing, especially with like representation because she is not a person of color to my knowledge, right? So like she like, she's not a person of color but she like still depicts them in such a way that it's like, this is my culture, this is who I am and like, you know, like the representation is just really there. And there's also representation beyond like skin color. Like there's also like mental illnesses and stuff like that. Like if you see with like Kaz and Jesper and like all that stuff, like she just kind of encompasses everything. And like the little details are like so, so amazing. Yes, I completely agree. Like, I definitely noticed that in the book. And I love how Leigh Bardugo herself isn't a person of color, but like the way that she wrote people of color was like a very, like, like she did it in a very refined way. She didn't make like their race, their entire personality trait. Mm -hmm. She incorporated it into the character, but didn't make it so that they were like fitting into a certain stereotype, which I thought was so cool. And Mm -hmm. I definitely agree, you know, with like Kaz, with his disability and like, the PTSD like they had like some representation for that and I also like how she kind of like I know a lot of authors do this they kind of like have symbolism for like racism or certain issues in something else like for example like Matthias and Nina you can I felt like that relationship definitely showed like it could have been symbolism for racism because Matthias had grown up you know oppressing Grisha and believing that they were bad people because he just wasn't educated correctly on the manor. But I think after he really got to know Nina and like come to terms with everything going on, he really like found out that maybe his thinking was flawed. And obviously that's not shown completely in the show, but I think it will hopefully season two. And I think that in the book, it really like showed that. And I love how she like had symbolism for that. I thought that Mm -hmm. was really cool. Like definitely in the show, I was literally like clawing for moments with like Nina and Matthias. I was just like, I need more. Cause like they did not have enough screen time, but again, like hopefully in later seasons, but like every single time that I saw them, I was like, give me more. Like I literally need more. Every yes. single word that they said was like perfect because like they they took quotes, direct quotes out of Six of Crows, which is like something that I've never seen before when I'm like watching adaptations. So like, that was like a shock. Like I literally replayed those scenes multiple times. Cause I was like, hold up. Like, am I remembering this correctly? 
and then like it was just so well written and like the way that they the actors like just portrayed the characters like I was like this is like top notch it's perfect every single word that came out of Matthias's mouth or Matthias I'm so sorry if I'm saying it wrong but like every word that came out of his mouth I was like you are so adorable like he's literally <laughs> a kid he's my favorite oh god yes I love their relationship so much like it like the casting was so good it mm-hmm. literally felt like they were like coming to life on screen and like even like the moments like them like in that house or whatever the hut after they like washed the pond shore mm-hmm. like everything looked exactly how I imagined it like the setting was perfect and you're right every time like they quoted something straight from the books I was like screaming <laughs> I was like oh my god I remember this this is great it, they did such a good job on that and like yeah I'm so proud of like I really like I can't wait to see them in the second season because like they just did such a good job with the casting mm-hmm. but I feel like if there was one thing that's kind of lacking I feel like it was in Inej's character a little bit because like I haven't read the books in a really long time but like it was like the beginning of quarantine when I read Six of Crows mm-hmm. but um and from the way that I remember it like there is a lot more to Inej than just like religion like you know in the show it was like it was great that like she had that faith and stuff like especially in Alina and like when she met Alina I was like that is actually so cool like just like the Mm -hmm. two worlds like colliding and stuff like that but I also felt like there was a lot more that could have been done for Inej in the show um that was kind of like lacking because it's like her entire personality was kind of based off of like you guys my mom and my parents and like my brother were like abducted or something like that and it's like yeah um so like it was basically just her missing her family and then like pure religion the entire time and I was like okay like that is a very major part in Inej's arc but there's also like her being a badass and like yeah that wasn't really shown as much but that also could just be like because she didn't get enough screen time but like that was like my tiny thing I was like I wish Inej got like more or like we got to see her more I definitely agree yeah I definitely feel like they made Faith like a big part of her character which is like a good thing but they I I feel like they should have added more and I'm like so upset because I know that they didn't do like the show according to the Six of Crows mm-hmm. book but I wanted to see like the climbing scene with Inej yeah like, climbing up that well I feel like they could have shown more character development in her because I think she's definitely one of like the most well-developed characters that I've read and that Leigh Bardugo has written but I'm hoping that in season two they can really like show her development with that because like that was so cool another thing is like I really want them to show more of like Inej and Kaz's relationship yes I know we got like a touch of it a little bit in this show but like there's more depth to that relationship than like people like no like I feel like they could have shown that more and I really hope that they do that in the second season Mm -hmm. and that really just goes back to like talking about like the way that Leigh Bardugo like portrays mental illnesses it's like she did it in such a way that it's like it's not degrading people who have mental illnesses but it's more like representing them in a way that a fantasy world only can like it's like these are people that have been traumatized like beyond what normal people or like what I hope people would typically experience so it's like the way that like Kaz had trauma with like touching people and like Inej also had trauma with touching people just like for two different reasons but like it in a way kind of brought the two of them together because like I was rereading a couple scenes in like Crooked Kingdom and I was like in their character development it's like the two of them fit so well because of the fact that they can understand each other like Inej is like she had her own reasons Kaz had his own reasons but like the two of them like it just kind of fit in a way that it was like I understand you better than anyone else can and that is why like I won't push you but like there's also like the Inej aspect of like her being like yeah like I'm not gonna take you without like unless you don't have any armor on or something I was like yes, if you guys know I what know I'm talking, talking about, about and you've read the book yes. and you know that quote 
literally like god tier it's so good um but yeah that's like that type of like like toughness or whatever like that's mm-hmm. what I thought was lacking with Inej I was like she's this yeah. in the books and like you can clearly see like in the book she's a woman of few words like she doesn't really talk if you see her like yeah. chapters like in her perspective like there's rarely any time that she actually says any words it's mainly just descriptions and like paragraphs after paragraphs but then like yeah. in the show like you can also kind of see how like she's not talking much but it's it like it doesn't translate like you know like that that like toughness like I don't know how to really explain it no I definitely agree I feel like they did show more of Vinesh's vulnerability in the show which is like Mm -hmm. a good thing in some aspects but at the same time I do remember reading her as a very like stone cold based character you know she's always like thinking she's always calculating and listening to other people Mm -hmm. she's not really like speaking out and I do feel like they did show like a little bit more of like her vulnerability or her weaknesses which is good, but I do think that they could have had more of like a harder exterior for Inej in the first season. Because I was like, every time that Inej talked, I was like surprised that she was talking. I don't know if that made sense. Like, obviously she should be talking. She's like, she's in the show. But like, every time she talked, I was like, hmm, like, I don't remember Inej talking this much. You know what I mean? Yeah. But yeah. But I think it's also like really hard to portray emotions like without talking. So like there's also that type of balance, especially like the difference between like actually getting in the character's head when you're reading the book versus like having to just see what they're like portraying like in the show. So that's also like a balance that I kind of understand. But yeah, hopefully we see more in season two. Mm -hmm. I hope we're getting a season two. Like we are getting a season two, right? We better. I think we are because that ending, they they can't leave it off like that. You got to give us a season two. (laughs) Yeah. Mm -hmm. And like we're getting Wylan and Nikolai next. My two favorite people. Really? (laughs) Yes. I didn't actually like, um, I didn't actually like the Shadow and Bone trilogy that much. Like compared to Six of Crows, I didn't, I didn't, it didn't appeal to me as much as I thought it would. But like I stayed for Nikolai. Like that's why really? I finished. Yes, it was all for Nikolai. That guy, he's so funny. He's <laughs> such a good character. You like when you hopefully they get someone to like play him really well, but like he's such a good character. And I think everyone is going to enjoy seeing him in the second season. <laughs> it was like him and Zoya, right? Like they were the couple. Oh shoot. I kind of forget if him and Zoya were together or anything I like feel like that. it was like I've seen a couple things about him and Zoya so like there's at least some sort of romance with them I'm pretty sure they end up together I don't really know um but Zoya can you just tell me what she was like in the books before I say anything about her in the show oh my god okay I don't remember everything but she was like I didn't like her obviously <laughs> like <laughs> in the book she was like I don't know she was like snotty and mean and kind of like getting in the way I think toward the end of the series like she definitely got better and I liked her a lot more toward the end but yeah like in the beginning kind of like how she was in the show it was like what are you doing here can you just get out like we don't need you (laughs) I just didn't really enjoy seeing her but obviously she was a big part of the story Zoya is like the type of person who's really ambitious and like I feel like you can definitely see that in the show like she's like oh my gosh Alina's here she's like challenging my authority or like what I work towards and like that's why she was so mean to Alina but then there was also that one scene where like Zoya like insulted her ethnicity and like was like saying stuff like while everyone else was congratulating her and then Zoya like went in to hug her and but it was like kind of like a backhanded hug because she like insulted her like in the middle do you remember that I do yeah like moments like that like I understand it's really important to portray that like especially if Leigh Wardugo is gonna like talk about stuff like racism um so like 
that was definitely an uncomfortable scene for me just because I like am also East Asian and I'm guessing like Alina's East Asian. Um, yeah, definitely see how in the show like you would be offended by that because yeah, it was not like the like compliment or compliment quote unquote compliment that was not good like. It was definitely a touchy scene, so. Yeah, no, but I definitely feel like that's just more, that's just like a little bit more credit to Leigh Bardugo for like how she's like willing to tackle those types of topics because she's like actually talking about racism and like racism against Asians is definitely something that's not often seen or like not often like seen in like movies or like literature and stuff like that. Like out of the books that I've read and like I'll admit I literally only read fiction and fantasy, but like out of those, like you don't really see like racism towards Asians so I felt I guess kind of seen in that way even though it's kind of like in a sick twisted way because like I'm being seen because like someone else that looks like me is getting targeted but like if that makes sense like it's just it's kind of nice to see that like racism against Asians is being considered when like literature with like literature and like shows and stuff no I definitely agree like I 100% agree I was actually going to bring that up like obviously it's not a pleasant experience Mm -hmm. to like watch someone on tv get targeted when you look like them but I think that it was important that she did like show that there is racism still going on with Asians even in this fantasy land you know what I mean and I think like it shows that Leigh Bardugo is like she's accepting people of color and she's representing them in a way where like she shows that they're that they're, they still have struggles mm-hmm. and that they're still being targeted which I think was like really important because I definitely agree I feel like a lot of authors or even tv shows they'll have like minority characters but they'll like completely disregard that they're like a different race or that they struggle with racism and I think that like throughout the show they like had like moments of racism in a subtle way so it wasn't like you know hopefully it wasn't making people too uncomfortable but it was showing that you know these characters do deal with this like this is a part of the show and it needs to be addressed you know so I think that was really smart of her to do yeah and it was like spread beyond just like just Alina like you could see that Mal was also kind of dealing with it too like there was this one scene that I remember that um it was basically like when Mal was being called to like go into the fold and stuff like that and like there's this one piece of pop- propaganda behind him that like depicted an Asian person and it was like an offensive type like exaggerated facial features and stuff like that um yeah. of like an Asian person and like you could see like Mal visibly like looking up at it and like being super uncomfortable with it so like I like how like um the racism isn't just like towards one individual like it's like multiple yeah. people throughout the show are experiencing it which just shows like how like prevalent like it is and like and stuff like that so yeah I definitely agree I remember they also like I don't remember specifically but they definitely had some like you know backhanded comments toward Inej mm-hmm. as well about being like solely I think it mm-hmm. was and so yeah I'm glad that they showed different parts of that I don't remember if they actually like showed anything with Jesper but like I wouldn't be surprised if they did mm-hmm. but yeah I think it's I think it was very important that they included that and I also like how um the characters kind of rebelled against that like I remember you texted me during that one scene where they wanted to like change Alina's face and then Alina was like yeah don't wow. change my eyes like mm-hmm. I'm proud of that and I was like yes girl like <laughs> yes <laughs> thank you like I I felt like I don't know that was so nice to see that like to mm-hmm. see her say that it made me feel like so happy and so proud so yeah Mm -hmm. that scene when it happened I literally just unexpectedly started to tear up I was like that is so sad like 
it's sad but it's also something that a lot of asians have experienced like especially people like where you can literally see that our, our eyes are smaller when like yeah. in reality it's really not that big of a deal um but just like the fact that that was even talked about like i don't know if it was talked about in shadow and bone or like if that specific scene was in shadow and bone but like just the fact that like there are those little moments that like relate directly back to the asian community and it's just like that is literally my experience like and it's like you see it on screen and you know that other people are seeing it too so it's like it's really great to just like see someone who looks like you on the screen and experience the same things that you've experienced exactly i definitely agree i yeah i noticed like a lot of the times that they were commenting about alina they would all like especially if it was strangers they would always comment on like her eyes they'd be like oh yeah she has like shoe eyes or whatever mm-hmm. and like I think I agree like people who are watching the show they are forced to watch this they have to see these characters like face racism and go through these types of things they can't just like turn away and so it shows that like you know it's part of a character's life and obviously it's not like everything about the character but mm-hmm. like I definitely think it was important that they showed that yeah mm-hmm. Yeah, there was like a really great balance between like the characters' individual struggles and then also just like their growth and like them as a person. Like those were all separate things. Like no one thing defined them. And like I kind of want to transition and talk about how like Bardugo like represents like the LGBTQ plus community. Like mm-hmm. with Jesper and Wylan, like in Six of Crows, that was probably that is literally one of my favorite relationships. Mm-hmm. Like I don't know. I would probably maybe rank them on a different level than like Kaz, Kaz and Inej. Like I just love Jesper and Wyland so much because that's like one of the first times that I've seen like a gay couple that isn't known for being gay. Like, you know, it's like they're a yeah. couple that literally just found each other and like they just happened, like they just love each other. Like they fell in love. But like when it comes to like other authors or other people portraying like gay relationships, it's always like, oh, I'm gay. Like they they like, yeah. they like emphasize it so much when in reality, it's it's literally normal. Like having, being in a gay relationship is not any, any different from being in a straight relationship. So it's like the fact that some authors choose to overemphasize it versus like Bardugo's like kind of like, okay, like they're in love, but they also happen to be gay. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah, I like that too. They definitely made it like subtle. I, yeah, I like how they didn't just make like, oh, their whole personality trait and their whole relationship was like, oh, they're in a gay relationship. Here's mm-hmm. the representation, moving on. Like, I like how she didn't do that. I like how she just made it subtle. And like, yeah, it was just two people falling in love and it didn't matter like what they identified as because they just loved each other. And I thought that was really great. And yeah, they just had a lot of cute moments in general. Yeah. So. <laughs> I, I really liked reading their relationship. Uh-huh, same. Especially yeah. that time with Kue. Ooh, oh my <laughs> gosh, not time with, Yes. If people have like read Six of Crows, they probably know what scene we're talking yeah, about. Yeah, because... that was like the most awkward moment. Like when it happened, I was like, something's off. Like something's wrong here. And then like... <laughs> <laughs> I think like that's oh. the most awkward but funniest scene I've ever read. So yeah, it's so funny. Yeah. I love them so much. And then, like, I also like how Jesper's romance, like, in the show, like, since Wyland wasn't there, like, the romance element was still there. Like, whether it be him and Milo or, like, him and that, like, stable boy, like, it was still there. <laughs> yeah. Him and Milo, that's funny. I can't believe yeah. Wyland got replaced by a goat. That's so Oh, funny. my God. I love Milo. Literally the best. Milo is, like, my favorite character. Every scene with him was, like, yes, <laughs> keep going. He and, was like, actually a hero, too. He saved Mal. Yeah. I was like, okay. Yeah, and like all like just every time they referenced like his name or he just got brought in, I was like, oh, there's my favorite (laughs) character. There he is. Like he's great. That was great. I think it was like a good touch to the show. It was funny. Yeah, I also like really liked 
um kit i don't know his last name but like the person who acted or was the actor for jesper like i really really liked his character i was like it's so spot on like it's crazy yeah Mm -hmm. he was so spot on like it was like insane i felt like i had seen like jesper come to life on the screen it was insane and same with like um kaz the actor for kaz the facial expressions like the way that he can like do that cold calculating face Uh in the show a little eyebrow lift (laughs) yeah i was like who is that like what is that why like it was just insane and like to see inez too obviously like there were some differences in the show in the book but Mm -hmm. like those three especially like watching them on the show like walk through like the streets of Ketterdam like just seeing that on TV I was like I almost wanted to cry because it's like (laughs) you read these characters in the books and you imagine it in your head and you're like wow I wish more people would pick up a book and read I wish more people would see these characters and obviously if they're watching it on a TV show they're not reading them but at the very least they're still like being able to see these characters and like just to see book characters come to life on a screen like that's so touching for someone who reads a lot because we're seeing you know people that we read about and idolize come to life and come um be represented on a different platform which i thought was really touching Mm -hmm, definitely okay one thing i wanted to talk about or mention was like the representation with alina and how she's like white and asian because like for me that was like so cool and i felt so represented with that because like a lot of times they have like white characters and they have asian characters and like it's great to see that representation especially asian representation and like i do feel represented when i see chinese characters but like alina is literally like half chinese half Mm -hmm. white and as someone who's also that like I was like, oh my god, every time she came on screen, I was like, we, like, she looks like me, you know what I mean? Like, (laughs) You are the main character. (laughs) Yeah, I thought, just like, I don't know, you don't really see that many mixed people, like, on, like, in TV or on shows, it's usually, like, there's just one race or one ethnicity, which is, like, great, but I think it was just cool to see another mixed person as the main character. I was, like, screaming every time she came on, and, like, I also like how, again, they integrated her race into her character. They would talk about how, like, oh, she's part two, so she's this, and I just thought that was really cool because, like, it was just fun to see that for me. Mm -hmm. I think like one thing one other thing that I was like really happy about seeing with like this new wave of like actors and stuff like they casted a lot of like Asian or like BIPOC so it's like now in the acting industry like there are other people like in the loop because like if you notice in like big or like huge movies or like whatever like that one Asian character is always the same person or like it's always the same actor it's like whether it be like Aquafina or like um I don't the person who played Jimmy Woo like it's literally just yeah. those same people being recycled throughout the industry like over and over again yeah. but then like with this new Netflix adaptation where like they were so specific about like the type of people that they wanted like I don't know if that that's actually how the casting worked but like yeah. they brought in so many new actors that we've never seen before like with yeah. the, the exception of like Ben Barnes or something like yeah. we've never seen the other ones before so like the fact that they've like come in and like gone into this like huge thing that's like hit number one on Netflix it's like they're bringing more people like and different types of actors like into the industry and like I think that's really good because then we can start moving away from like recycling people and just like actually bringing in new Asian or like BIPOC talent. Mm -hmm. I definitely agree I didn't even think about that but that's so cool I feel like it's also like such a sad reality though that we have Mm -hmm. to like drag people into like to be in the number one Netflix show in order to have like more representation in like the film industry. Like people of color should be 
consistently coming into the film industry. Like they shouldn't have to like, you know, be dragged into like the best Netflix show of May or whatever, just to like keep going in their career. But I definitely agree. I love how um, she made like different um, characters, people of color, and they were main characters as well. Mm -hmm. Cause I feel like there's so many shows, movies and books where the main character is just white. Like, mm -hmm. I can, like, look at my bookshelf and half the books on there, like, the main characters are white. And I think, like, they always have, like, that stereotypical side character that, yeah. like, portrays the race of this or whatever. But I think um, Leigh Bardugo really shifted away from that by giving each character their own personality. She didn't make their race their only personality. And she really didn't fit, like, their stereotypes into those characters, which I thought was so interesting. Mm -hmm. um, and I was really thankful for that. And there's also, like plus size representation with Nina like that was so great to me like the fact that like um I know that a lot of people like do struggle with like body image and stuff like that so it's like the fact that there was this character who like doesn't quote unquote fit societal standards when it comes to like bodies and like she was being represented she was a main character in both the books and the like show is the fact that like it just makes even a wider demographic of people feel represented whoa whoa a wider demographic <laughs> of people feel represented yeah, that's the right word. Yeah. To make them feel represented. And I, I just think that's like so beautiful because like there's always this one aspect, like you focus on this one aspect of like Lady Bardugo's writing. And then there's like, it just branches off into another one and then another one and another one. So it's like, yeah. she does so much in such like, like in a duology, like is what I want to say. It's like, yeah. she did so much in two books that most authors and other authors fail to accomplish with like seven book series. And like, she's one of the authors that like I've seen don't struggle with representation or like diversity as opposed to like other ones that I just don't really want to name, but yeah. yeah. Yeah, I definitely agree. Like her writing is just so good in general. And yeah, um, <laughs> definitely going back to like, I, I really like how she incorporated like um, diversity and representation in her books, um, especially like, I know we talked about this before, but like the way that she, like how Grisha was kind of like, or the oppression against Grisha was kind of like a metaphor for racism. I love how she included that. I love how she included Kaz's disability and like Nina with her body image. Mm -hmm. um, going back to like Nina, I feel like so many YA books I've read, it's like, the characters are super skinny and then they're yeah. like oh she's ugly but she's not ugly but she's attractive in an ugly way like they yeah. have like yeah. that same thing over and over again and it's like that is such a small group of people to like represent when like in reality there's so many people of so many different races and so many different sizes and i love how they made nina plus size but they also made her like such a cool character and she was like really going off you know what I mean and mm -hmm. I just think I really think that they need to add that more into literature because like it does make people feel seen and it really does make a difference and it's kind of sad that like seeing a plus side character in books is like a rare occurrence mm -hmm. like that shouldn't be a rare occurrence when our reality is that most people aren't skinny and most people aren't you know what I mean skinny or white and fitting into that small box of what they usually represent in literature and film so Mm -hmm. I thought that was very cool. And it's also like, it really develops like a harmful mentality when the only people that you're seeing on screen or like in books are people that are skinny and white. Like that is so harmful for people who are like people of color because I know that a lot of people, um, uh, at least like my friends like growing up, like a lot of people have like struggled with 
um themselves or like a self-identity growing up and it's like yeah. do I like I want to be white when I grow up is essentially like the mindset that a lot of people had and it's like they didn't want to be people of color because they felt that people of color weren't the norm so and like I think a really big part of that and we mentioned this in like previous episodes um but it's like like not seeing yourself portrayed in media is really harmful on your mentality because it just makes you think that you're not right or it makes you think that you're different when in reality like you are literally normal like who you are is not wrong in any way shape or form and i just think that like that's why like six of crows and like um leigh bardugo's writing is just really comforting for me because like you can see yourself in literature and like in the shows that like she's producing and stuff like that it's like i don't know it's just the representation there really does make a difference and make an impact especially like on your audience and like how they feel about your writing yeah i definitely agree like it's it's so sad to think that like we have like 12 year old girls or like little girls in elementary school or middle school reading these books and like they have to like seek out like certain like books just to have that representation like I've talked to people and they'll be like yeah I I read the series specifically because it had Asian representation and like that's great but it's such a sad reality that people Mm -hmm. have to like seek out specific books and series just so that they can feel represented and seen when every book or every series should have some type of inclusion so that you know, they don't feel like the odd one out. I feel like there's so many times in film and literature where it's like being white is kind of like the default and everyone else is kind of like stuck out in their own stereotype. And like, I feel like sometimes in books and shows, they literally would just throw in like one minority character just to like make Mm -hmm. it look like it's diverse, you know, when it's really not like, and they need to have just more representation in general and like making it so that like being a minority is not like, you don't have to like seek that out or find representation to find like a minority that looks like you it should be incorporated into every book series and every film i think that's really important and i feel like you can in other authors like jk rowling like that is definitely a very big issue with her writing um cho chang like for instance we talked about this in another episode so i'm just not really going to delve into it like right now um but like also other authors like cassandra clare like her writing i did realize that it was very like just white characters and like there wasn't really much diversity and like that's a really big problem that like other people brought up to her and like i think throughout like her books like she has been incorporating a little bit more diversity and like diversity with like um bodies and like also just like race like race like drew in the dark artifices she is a plus size character um but like i don't know just compared to leigh bardugo like i feel like there there is not really like Mm -hmm. a great balance between like cassandra claire's writing um but yeah yeah i i 100 agree and like i also understand like for cassandra claire like i understand that a lot of the characters are like related so it's like hard to like add in like new races and stuff but i definitely agree like a lot of cassandra claire's characters are white and a lot of like like the hunger games divergent maze runner all those characters are white and they're dystopian books so i think and like percy jackson harry potter there's just so many book series where like the main characters are white and like there's nothing wrong with that but you need to like include more representation it shouldn't just be like the one main white character and then like the asian side character and like it's just like you need to have more representation in general i definitely yeah and like definitely as a writer like it's your responsibility to get into other people's heads like you are literally writing like 200 types different people so it's like if you can go into the mind of a white person like you can make the extra step and like go into the mind of like a bipoc and try to represent them to like the best of your ability like the research is very much an option um and research is a really big part of writing so like the fact that 
I don't like the fact that there isn't enough representation really just shows like kind of a lack of care or a lack of like willingness to take that step when in reality like that's literally just a part of writing um and yeah I I definitely no you're good I definitely agree I feel like a lot of like white authors I feel like their excuse is like oh I'm not a minority so I don't want to like write a minority wrong I don't want to portray them wrong and like okay that's a valid point but at the same time it's on them to educate themselves and put themselves in the shoes of other people because if they're like writing a book they're literally like creating fantasy lands creating dystopian lands like all creating all these new creative characters like the least that they can do is take time out of their day to like research these characters and actively portray minorities like in a way so that like people can feel seen and represented and I also wanted to mention um, just in general, I feel like there's so many like white authors in the publishing industry. Mm-hmm. Like the fact that I can count on my hand how many like minority authors I've read is like so sad. Like I know Marie Lu, Savitashir, and like I can't name anyone else off the top of my head. And like that's so sad. And like the fact that both of those books have um, like people of color as their main character because they have um, Asian writers, but then all the white writers are only writing white characters. It just doesn't like fit right with me like I feel like we just need more representation in general and I do think that the publishing industry needs to be more inclusive and like publish more people of color stories Mm -hmm. because like why not you know what I mean like I don't understand really what's stopping them from doing that yeah definitely just because you don't fit in with a certain community like as a writer you have that luxury of like being able to do your research do your work so that you can represent them like no one's asking you to like I don't know, to like be a person of color, to write people of color. Like you can still write without being that individual. Like your, the whole point of your like career is to like use creativity. So like, why don't you use it to represent other people outside of your own like type? Like, you know, it's just like, it's really frustrating to see that because like, I understand the difficulties like of researching and like stuff like that, but that's like common leniency. I don't really know, common decency or something to like represent people. Like you're, I don't, I don't really know how to say it other than like, that's your job. Like it is it really is like these people are like creating entire fantasy worlds and if they're constructing these characters if they can get into the shoes of a character and like be like oh what would happen if this character went into the hunger games or what would happen if this character was in divergent or um like a shadow hunter then you can also imagine like what if this character was asian like Mm -hmm. there's not really that much of like obviously there is a lot of research that goes into it and they need to be careful about it but like it's something like it's a common decency to do and that's why I think Leigh Bardugo like really took the time to do that and again like she did it in a very subtle way but she did it in a very like profound way because I felt seen and I'm sure like a lot of other Asian people felt seen when reading her books which is great it's amazing Mm -hmm. and like if you can construct like whole fantasy worlds like why can't you add people of color like that's my question it's not that hard yeah (laughs) yeah Basically what I wanted to talk about is like how in Six of Crows or at least like the show um, Shadow and Bone and stuff like with Alina's character or like BIPOC characters like the thing is Alina grew up like not in the shoe area like she grew up with in I don't know where did she grow up? Uh, Karemzin like she grew up in a place where like it was predominantly white there were like no Asians besides like her and Mal Um, but like the way that I like it is like she's a person of color that has no traces of her culture like and I think that is a really really important distinction because like when it comes to writers and like writing BIPOC like you can write people of color without actually knowing their character like their culture like I feel like that kind of depicts how it's like 
you don't even need to do super like a bunch of extensive research to understand a character or like to describe a character or be like oh they're asian or to give them a sense of diversity like you don't you don't need to be like oh yeah like on this day like they celebrate this this and this like you don't need to know that to represent a character or to represent a certain like culture or group like it's literally just describe their features and make us feel seen and that's literally it like you can throw them into your universe or like make a whole group of them like that same um ethnicity without actually having to know too much about their culture because like there is um i don't know how to word this like there are people who grow up away from their culture like me i grew up away from my chinese culture with the exception of like you know growing up in a chinese household but it's not the same as actually me growing up in hong kong like people like that like you can still write that into your story so like that just goes to show like if you're not including a diversity in your stories you're just making excuses for yourself like you can definitely do it it's like possible and like it's not difficult and like if you're scared of offending people like then don't like if you're scared of offending people then just do more research like do it until you're comfortable with it and like you understand it and then like if you receive criticism guess what criticism is part of the industry like you cannot publish anything or put your work out there without expecting to receive criticism like it's just not how things go yeah no yeah i definitely agree um i feel like when people are writing these things they really don't have an excuse like they can just write in these characters and like I like what you said with like they don't need to the characters that are people of color they don't need to like recite every aspect of their culture all the time like we don't see white characters talking about all the holidays that they celebrate and the languages that they speak Mm -hmm. so I really think it goes to show that like it's okay and especially with like Asian Americans or people who have like immigrant parents but they grew up in America I feel like in some instances they might feel like more seen by that like knowing that it's like someone who's not completely connected to their culture but still like has traces of that in them from their parents or just from like simply being asian or being black or being whatever they are and i think that's really important to like add into a book series mm-hmm. yeah and like that just goes back to talking a little bit about like how bardugo represents like the queer like group it's like she made it to a point where it was completely normal like the fact yeah. that jesper was gay was not a shocker to anyone it's just kind of like yeah. okay he is gay like that's literally it say it move on like with other authors i feel like they put so much emphasis on differences but like in reality differences are just normal like i don't know why there needs to be a sort of emphasis unless that's like a really major like point like with alina like there was an emphasis on her being asian or like shoe because like it showed discrimination and stuff like that yeah like otherwise like there really shouldn't be like an overuse of like like I am Asian, this is my entire personality. Like, it's like, there has to be a blend. Like Asian is only part of your identity and being queer is only part of your identity. Like it's not the entire character. And like authors who like feel the need or like tend to lean more towards like being Asian, like, and being the one diverse person is gonna be your entire purpose is like, it's like a big no, no. Yeah, I definitely agree. Like, I I think that when they write, um, like whether it be queer characters or people of color, they obviously do need to like show um, their struggles like with racism or homophobia or what it, whatever it is because you can't just ignore that you can't just pretend that it's not happening and again like how Leigh Bardugo showed that with um, Alina facing discrimination for being Shu like that's good and they need to have that but at the same time yeah it should not be their number one personality trait she doesn't need to be saying I'm Asian all the time like mm-hmm. and like it doesn't it's an important part of them and it's important to show their struggles but for the individual character and their growth and their personality that does not need to be like the main aspect of their character because I feel like in a sense that would be like offensive to like just have like a stereotypical character shoved in there just to say oh I'm this 
I'm representing people like moving on. Like I feel like, you know, it needs there needs to be a boundary between showing their struggles and showing their culture, but also not making it their entire um, like plot arc or anything like that. Mm-hmm. Okay, so I think that we should talk um, about what recently happened with like the news that came out about the brown face controversy with like Shadow and Bone and how like Amita who plays Inej, like her um, stunt double happened to be like a white person when everyone actually thought that it was another like um, brown person that was playing her. Um, thoughts? <laughs> Uh, I'm I'm kind of dis- like I'm actually very disappointed that they decided to do this. Mm-hmm. I feel like they didn't need to. Like I don't understand why they couldn't just go like through and find a brown stunt double for Anej or for Amita. You know, we've been talking so much about like praising Shadow and Bone for being diverse, and although I do still think that they did do a good job of that, this like this aspect of the film is definitely not something that we should be proud of. They definitely need to like take time to look into brown actors and like brown stunt doubles because I don't think it's it's definitely not good to have people with brown face like being a stunt double for someone like an edge. It was definitely a shock because like when you first like when at least when like I was first watching Shadow and Bone like all I could think about were like positive things and there were like hardly any criticism so like the fact that this just kind of came out so suddenly is like really shocking and it's like it's not something that I expected because they were doing so well with like the casting the acting the execution of the story and it's just like you see this and it's like oh like it just hits you and like it's just um there's a lot going on right now like on social media at least what I've been seeing whether it be on like Instagram or like TikTok like people are saying that like this is not right and like it's very obvious like if you just look at it like you know that someone trying to act like a person of color like um that isn't their actual culture like that is just like not okay so I'm really surprised that like the actors and the directors really just kind of let this slide and didn't say anything about it like maybe there was some sort of agreement that the actors had to like go through with or something like that I wouldn't know but like either way this is something that's not okay and it's just like it's just really shocking that like it didn't come out sooner yeah i definitely agree with you i think it's really disappointing and really shocking um like i said earlier like i just don't understand why they couldn't have just hired a brown person to be the stunt double i don't know why they had to go through with this and like it's just annoying because we were just talking about like how proud we were that they were including more people of color into the film industry and like by bringing in more actors and more people into the production that are people of color they're giving us more opportunities and bringing more diversity to the cast and the crew but i think this is like why would they like miss out on an opportunity to bring another person of color into the film like why would they not want to make the board more diverse and why would they like why would they want to frame a white person as a person of color like I don't I just that doesn't sit right with me and I definitely feel like considering how diverse the film is and how how smart Leigh Bardugo was with portraying like racism and diversity in her characters I would think that they should have made a smarter decision about this I don't know why like I really I I wish we could know like why they made this decision you know it just seems like there was a lack of like care or like it was just playing on ignorance with this like situation and it's like uh you did so much to get like the right casting and it's just like finding a stunt double who is actually of like that culture like that background is not as difficult as like you may think it is because like 
I feel like it's a lot harder to get a white person and paint them every single day with when like through every single scene that they're in versus like actually just finding a brown woman and like letting her be the stunt double and like what they're doing is like um they're acting like bollywood is not a thing like bollywood and bollywood action movies are very much popular and there's definitely like indian or i'm not like brown women right who could play this character like play the stunt double so there was no need to find a white person and like paint them and like just think that's okay and just let it slide it's just really frustrating to see that especially after like all the praise that we've been giving it and it's just like it just doesn't feel right I definitely agree I feel like the cast or crew or whoever made that decision was like just trying to like quote unquote get an easy way out or like just Mm -hmm. find something simple like oh we'll just find this white person and like let them do this and then it'll be fine but like no I really think they need to like take into consideration the feelings of other people the brown community the people of color and everyone who's involved in the film um I wonder like how the cast like reacted I'm guessing they didn't I well obviously none of them have said anything so it's not really been like too much of news for them but like I know a lot of people on that cast are people of color as well and it's just like a little concerning that none of them really spoke out about it or seemed concerned about it then again I don't really know like the full story of like what happened but I do think that like they should definitely like you can't just gloss over something like that. So like going back to what you were talking about with like um how Shadow and Bone is like a story that includes racism and like discrimination and stuff like that it's just like how are you gonna like give that story to the audience and execute it in such a way that like people are genuinely enjoying it and then you go and pull something that's like a complete contradicted contradiction of the story that you're trying to tell it's just like I feel like um the actors on the set like I would expect them to be frustrated and like I just wish that like someone could have told us sooner like I don't really know it just mm, it feels like the news came out a little bit late yeah I wonder if they like tried to like cover it up or something because Mm -hmm. like the fact that we just learned about this now like two weeks after the show was released is definitely concerning I don't know I just and I'm like I feel upset like I wonder if like Amita was like is that how you pronounce her name Amita if she was like looking forward to like meeting another brown girl on set to be able to work with her to make the crew and the cast more diverse and instead she comes like with this white girl who's like painting her face brown. Like, I feel like that would be so like offensive. Like I would be offended if that happened. It's just like, it just doesn't sit right. And it's like, it's really disappointing. I really hope that for the next season, they need to like reconsider this and find someone that actually portrays a brown person and, you know, can bring more diversity to the cast. Mm -hmm. And it kind of feels like they tried really hard with the cast only to fail with like quote unquote background actors like stunt doubles and stuff like that. So it kind of gives off this vibe that they're like pushing diversity for the main people who are on the screen. But when it comes to like behind the scenes and stuff like that, like they don't care as much or like in the parts that like the audience doesn't see, like they don't give as much effort. Like that's just kind of the vibe that I'm getting from it. And like with that, it's just more frustration and like kind of like anger and like not exactly shock because these types of situations like aren't new when it comes to the film industry like this happens a lot like you'll see a lot of shows that like are centered around like for example east asians but then like the people who work behind the show like mulan for example like i'm pretty sure their entire production um workers were like white but they were like portraying an east asian movie so like there's a lot of um it just goes to show that like behind the scenes like diversity still matters like it's not just the people that are on the screen and like that the audience sees like you have to have diversity throughout the industry and throughout the production 
Yeah, I definitely agree. That's such a good point. It's like they're just making it diverse so that other people can see. So that's like the face of the film is like, oh yeah, they have people of color here and this and that, it's fine. But really it's not fine. Like diversity is needed in and out of what people are seeing. Everyone, like I feel like I definitely agree. It definitely needs to be diverse everywhere in the film, whether it be like the cast or the crew, people making decisions. Um, and again, I'm just surprised that Leigh Bardugo didn't like think about this more yeah. considering like how smart of a lady she is like <laughs> it just doesn't, I don't know but yeah I definitely agree I they really need to work on that more and I agree just like films in general um they just need to like have more diversity on the crew and on the set we're not just like you shouldn't just be putting people of color in there to be like token characters to get diversity. You need people of color everywhere making decisions and pushing diversity to the forefront of the conversation so that every film is diverse and accepting of all races and all people. Mm -hmm, definitely. So like Shadow and Bone, sorry to say it, but like <laughs> do better. Yeah, I agree. I definitely think that they did have some good aspects of um, like incorporating diversity into the cast and portraying racism throughout the film in a subtle but compelling way. But at the same time, like hearing about the brown face incident and everything that just came out, that is really disappointing. And they definitely need to look into that and work on it because like it's just so disappointing. And there's honestly no excuse for something like that. Like I, I don't see how there could be an excuse. So. Um, I, I really hope they do better for season two. Mm -hmm. And like, just like one thing I want to say is like, being or pretending to be a brown person and like painting your color, like or painting a color on your skin is literally like, like, how can you ask someone to paint someone else's skin color like onto a white person? Like, I just feel like that goes against like ethics and like just like morals. Like, how can you do that and like try to adopt another person's skin? Like that's that just it's just so wrong and like it feels gross yeah i agree like i don't know that's just disgusting and the fact that like again like the fact that a white person gets to like pick when she wants to put mm -hmm. like like make her skin a different color and when she decides to like pretend to be brown or anything when people who are brown they can just like turn like make their skin lighter mm -hmm. and like they shouldn't because it's beautiful but like i'm saying they can't they can't just like you know, look white. They can't just like not face racism on a daily basis. They're still going through these things. But someone who's white can just like paint themselves brown for a day just to get the advantage of being a sun double without having to face what brown people face. It just doesn't, it just doesn't make sense. And it's just like, I don't understand yet how like she could even like put that stuff on her face and be like comfortable knowing like, oh, I'm changing my skin color like for this production and pretending to be a different race with different experiences for the sake of this production. It just doesn't, it doesn't make any sense. Mm -hmm. That's a really good point. Like, I, it's just, I don't know. I don't even have words for it. It's just like, it feels wrong. And it just like, I'm still, I can't get over the fact that like the entire cast was just like sitting there and like smiling next to them. And it's just like moving forward as if it didn't mean anything. And like, again, like we don't know what Amita was thinking, like since it's her stunt double and like, it's this woman that's trying to look like her and whether it be like for the sake of a job or like for the sake of money, like there is still a line and like Shadow and Bone very much like crossed it. Like that is inappropriate and insensitive and just like displays like their ignorance, like towards the Brown community and like um, how there's just a lack of care, like what we said before with like people who work behind the scenes. 
Yeah, I definitely agree. And it's like, I'm just so frustrated. I don't understand why they couldn't just go and find another brown person to mm. do it. There's so many like talented brown people out there who could have easily been a Nezha stunt double. Why did they have to go and pick like a white person to do that when they probably have so many white people already working on the production mm. and the crew? And like, not, again, not that there's anything wrong with that, but like we really need diversity in this industry. And it's not just, you know, the faces of the film, it's people behind the scenes too, as you mentioned earlier. So yeah, I think that's very important. Mm-hmm. yeah so like with that I think we can just kind of wrap up um thank you so much Natalie for coming on here and talking with me about Six of Crows and Shadow and Bone and just like representation in literature and media um I hope you guys enjoyed this episode uh Natalie do you have anything to say um no I would just say go watch Shadow and Bone if you haven't already (laughs) definitely okay guys so we'll see you guys next time um tune in for episode two coming to you soon hopefully within the next couple months um and yeah Bye. Bye.